it's on and we are back another episode of the covert show i am having all sorts of voice uh voice things today i'm jc joining me on the podcast is nick i think we're up to number 22 i forgot to look before we started so we're off and we're off and running here uh episode number 22 last one of 2021 and uh well, we've made it. We we uh we were talking about this before the podcast started that you know with as busy as the two of us are and as busy as RC is who's on vacation still, he's enjoying the delights of that vacation. Um we're we're happy to be back for a season 2, no question about it. So, a lot to talk about, Nick, and uh first, we're going to jump right into the NFL here. A lot of uh, interesting things this last week. Uh, the Bears managed to pick up a win, surprising by itself, but the Dolphins keep rolling. The Cowboys annihilate the Washington football team. Tampa looks good. Uh, the Ravens look bad. The Chargers look bad against a really bad team. Uh, the Bills pick up a win against the Patriots. That's kind of an overview highlight. Uh, what stood out to you this week in the NFL, Nick? I mean, we were talking about it. There's two weeks to go, not one, uh, after this last weekend of football. So still a lot to be deciphered in these final two weeks. I think one thing that really stood out to me, I definitely want to start with that Chargers-Texans game. I mean, the, the Texans are bad, and they made the Chargers look just awful. Justin Herbert was struggling a little bit. The Texans' offense and defense found some rhythm as well. They had a couple of turnovers, and they definitely had a turnover late. I think it was a pick six. I was watching the game in a Buffalo Wild Wings, or the last half of that, um, just because looking for some lunch on Saturday. But I was super excited because that set the table for Denver, and Denver decides to choke it away. No offensive help for Drew Locke as he got the start, but that just really continues to set up that AFC picture just really, really stingily. Like, I mean, if you take a look at that, now the Chargers are 8-7, and seven, the Raiders are 8-7, and seven, Broncos are still in it at 7-8, and eight, and if you just take a look at kind of the playoff standings, there's still a bunch of teams in, and now Denver and the Browns are down at 7-8 and eight, at 12-13. and 13. Pittsburgh stays at 11, and the Chargers are still kind of up there, but the Raiders jumped up another spot to catch them. Miami in the middle of the pack. They are the first team in NFL history to lose seven straight and then flip it around and now win eight straight after this last week. And then, like you said, the Colts are continuing to find a way to win as they beat the Cardinals last week, which wasn't a divisional team. But still, you'll pick up a win where you can, especially when your next game is going to be against an AFC opponent in the Raiders. And then now the Titans have the Dolphins. So that's an interesting two-week setup right or. That's an interesting weekend setup here coming up on Sunday. So there's a lot of clinching scenarios, and we'll walk through them. You talked about the log jam that is the AFC. So here's what we know. Right now, Kansas City's clinched. They're an AFC West champ again, you know, same old, same old. The Buffalo Bills, who have Atlanta coming up, are 9-6. and six. Here's how Buffalo can clinch a playoff berth, a win with a Baltimore loss, a win with a Chargers and a Raiders loss or tie, I should note, with a lot of these. This is straight off the NFL website. So this is – we got a lot of scenarios here. Uh, Buffalo can tie Miami with a loss and tie. Chargers loss, Ravens loss, Pittsburgh loss. So the Bills can still tie and clinch a playoff spot. 
Uh, there is oh, no there is no situation where the Bills with a loss would uh, clinch, but there's a lot of uh, – they got nine scenarios to clinch Buffalo does this weekend. Again, simplest being Bills win, Ravens lose, or Bills win, Ravens and – or uh, Chargers and Raiders lose. So here's the Bengals. That was for a playoff berth for the Bills. They can't clinch a division this weekend. But Cincinnati, believe it or not, can clinch an AFC North division title. They play, uh, they play Kansas City. It's as simple as win. That's it. Uh, if they tie Baltimore, Baltimore losing or tying would get it done. Or they can clinch with a Baltimore loss and a Pittsburgh and Cleveland tie. The Bengals, if they tie – plus other things happening would clinch at least a playoff berth. Uh, sliding down to the Colts. Colts clinch a playoff berth. They play the Raiders this weekend. To do that, they would need to win or a tie with either Baltimore losing or Miami or New England losing. So, again, a lot of these are just uh, – it, it doesn't even – it's always weird to me talking about ties, but it, it does happen with – all the uh, uh, rule changes. How about Pittsburgh tying with Detroit? Doesn't that just sum up their season as a whole? Um, That's just hilarious. The Patriots clinch a playoff berth with a win and a Miami loss or a win and a Vegas loss. Now, bear in mind, this is with two weeks to go still. So there's a lot that can uh, happen and unfold. Tennessee can clinch a division south win with a Colts loss, a Tennessee win, or if both the Colts and Titans tie, uh, the Titans can clinch their division. And then you look at the NFC. Here you go. Dallas is the East. Packers are the North. Bucks are the South. Cardinals are a playoff berth. Rams are a playoff berth. So you look at that. I mean, you could talk about uh, division tie or uh, seeding in the NFC. But when you look at it as teams that uh, can clinch a playoff berth, uh, Philadelphia clinches with a win, Minnesota loss or tie, New Orleans loss or tie, or Minnesota and San Francisco uh, losing or tying in there as well. San Francisco clinches a playoff berth with a win and a New Orleans loss. And, I mean, San Francisco's got Houston, so you would think they could win that. But after the Chargers got decimated by them, I guess you never know. And uh, that's some of the – playoff situations if you will i mean there's a lot to be uh kind of worked through uh this final two weeks and looking at the slate of games coming up uh trying to find ones i mean ravens rams could be an interesting one dolphins titans definitely will be i was gonna say you can't skip over the dolphins titans because that's gonna be just if the colts can win and the dolphins go on nine straight wins and beat the titans Man, that's going to be killer for Tennessee. And I think the other one that's interesting is Colts-Raiders. I mean, the Colts on the other side of that AFC South have a shot. The Raiders need to win like none other. They're in that logjam with, say, the Chargers, who play Denver now. The Chargers need to win. Denver needs to win. It's... It makes these games down the stretch of uh, these final two weeks way more important than a lot of people probably would have thought, uh... I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this one. Chiefs and Bengals, I'm going to assume Cincinnati gets in. Whether it's a division title or not, I don't know. But Kansas City's in. It's at Cincinnati. This seems like a good game to see 
how much of a real playoff contender Cincinnati is. I I would definitely agree right now on that on that point because Cincinnati has played some very very good teams. They beat the Broncos. Granted, the Broncos aren't that good, um, but they beat the Ravens very handily this last week. Twice. So I mean, that's a team. Yeah, twice they beat the Ravens. So and then they beat the Raiders as well. They lost to the Browns, which was kind of just an interesting loss all on its own. Um, but they got blown out, and then they come right back. And after blowing out the Raiders, they blow out the Steelers, and then they lost to the Chargers. So I mean, they're kind of on a little bit of a teeter totter with some of these AFC teams, and they even lost to the Jets. So I mean, there's there's some key losses in there that shows that Cincinnati could be ready for the playoffs, but it's still just missing that key component. Joe Burrow's playing very good, so I mean he's he's wanting to carry this team to a playoff run in his second season as a Cincinnati Bengal, and I think he can do that. But you've got two very crucial games with the Chiefs and the Browns coming up, and that Chiefs defense is not going to give him any edge whatsoever. But it's the fact can Cincinnati's defense hold up Patty Mahomes and this now kind of very high-powered Chiefs offense, which it already was, but they started finding their stride. And I think that's the one thing that Cincinnati has to look at is how can we slow down this stride and really focus on that playoff contention. Because, I mean, both quarterbacks are super similar looking at it right now. They've both thrown for over 4,000 yards. Their completion, or Joe Burrow has a little bit better completion percentage. And then he also has 30 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. To Patty Mahomes is 33 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. So, like I said, they're both very close. But it's just a matter of what defense comes to play for Cincinnati. Are they going to get rolled over? Or are they going to just roll over and let Kansas City walk all over them? Or are they going to compete and come out with a blowout win? And I wouldn't even say blowout win, but are they just going to compete and hold Kansas City to nothing? You so. look you look at that AFC North, and I mean, RC is a Ravens fan, so if he was here, he'd probably have something to say about how, you know, line up the excuse train of how Cincinnati beating Baltimore is not a huge thing. But it seems to me, while watching this whole entire division this year, they can't get out of their own way. I mean, Baltimore's got L.A., uh, the Rams, so you can't really pencil in a win there. Uh, you look at the Steelers and Browns play each other, and for the Browns, this is the season. I mean, I would say if the Browns lose here, you're done. You you have to win uh, against Pittsburgh. So Cincinnati might be able to get away with a loss because okay, at worst, Cincinnati's nine and seven. The or yeah, nine and seven. Ravens would fall to eight and eight. Pittsburgh would be eight seven and one. That's worst case scenario. Best case scenario, you go nine and seven, and then the Browns win, and then it's eight and eight, eight and eight, eight seven and one. So Cincinnati in the driver's seat, especially if they can somehow beat Kansas City, who maybe lets up off the throttle since they've already got the uh, uh, AFC West. Granted, they are racing the Titans for the uh, one seed, but it could be an interesting setup with the North being as close as it is. But you also do have to look at the fact that earlier in November, the Browns did beat the Bengals. So there is that potential. You need that head-to-head matchup to also kind of win out at the end of the season if the Browns continue to win. That is a good point because the Browns and Bengals match up that final week. So I guess if you're a Bengals fan, you're obviously you're a Rams fan this week. Because, you know, the Ravens can't close in. Granted, Cincinnati basically has a two-game lead on Baltimore anyway because they throttled Baltimore twice. Yeah. But it does get interesting. I hadn't uh, considered the Browns being uh, the final week opponent for the Bengals, but an interesting uh, 
set up in the uh, north. Uh, looking at the west or the south, we talked about both games for the AFC South. It's the Colts and Raiders. Uh, the Titans have the scrolling Dolphins. through Dolphins. That's right. Uh, so a couple of uh, playoff caliber games there uh, for that division. Uh, the Bills and Falcons and the Patriots and Jags. I mean, both of them should win, which would make for a week 18 uh, division race, depending on what the Dolphins can do. I mean, you could have a potential three-way tie in the East. That would be um, honestly like one of the worst case scenarios for the East. The best case scenario is that one Miami wins, New England loses, and Buffalo just keeps getting hot. Because I'm trying to look to see. <sighs> I, cl- I keep clicking on the dang Patriots. My phone's too small. <laughs> but um, so the Bills have one game on the Patriots. They got the freaking so Jets in Week 18. If you can't beat the Jets, yeah. then and then the Dolphins and Patriots play each other. So the Bills have the best trajectory they have the best to get chance there. of closing it out. Yeah, they have the best chance of closing it out. So now it's just a matter of who do you want as that second place team. And honestly. Granted, the Patriots are looking good, but the Dolphins, and they're probably going to prove me wrong this week, but they're, they're a team that doesn't want to slow down right now, and it doesn't look like they are going to slow down. I mean, they're just kind of getting heavy on some teams. I mean, you look at the Saints. They beat the Saints 20-3. to The Jets, no big deal. It was 31-24. to The Giants, they beat 20-9. to Oh, my gosh, I keep clicking on the wrong thing. I mean, the Dolphins are really scoring a lot of points in games, and they're beating some tough opponents. They beat the Ravens. They lost to the Bills in one game, and then I'm looking to see if they played the Bills again. The Bills have two games on them. The Bills won 35-0 in the first round, and then they won 26-11 to on the second half. So, I mean, and that was the last time the Dolphins lost was to the Bills. And you all look the way at- back in October. And you look at what the Patriots have. I mean, we talk about Jacksonville. Uh, Miami's got to beat Tennessee to have a chance mm-hmm. at that second spot. They lose. It doesn't really matter what the Patriots do. Uh, let me double check that. Because I don't remember if the uh, Dolphins beat the Patriots the first go-around. Because I Dolphins think did beat the Patriots oh, they the did. Okay, go-around. well, so I stand corrected. The Patriots definitely need to... Uh, win both, but it, it's it's going to be tough, I think, for Miami because I see the Bills and Patriots winning, and I think Miami-Tennessee is one of those that's I'm not entirely optimistic for Miami in it just because, I mean, Tennessee's got the Colts nipping at their heels, but it, it could be an interesting one down the stretch, and, you know, for Buffalo, I mean, it, this whole division, the whole AFC is weird to look at right now because everybody looks so mediocre. I mean, the AFC East has 9-6, 9-6, 8-7 the division. The North is 9-6, 8 7-7-1, 7-8. Other than the Titans and the Chiefs, those are your two 10-win teams in the AFC. Everybody else has less than 10 wins uh, this year, so it – it makes for a great final two weeks. Oh, definitely. And it's, it's going to come down to the wire like we talked about last week. There's so many teams that kind of control their own destiny a little bit too. But, I mean, I think Denver put themselves in a really bad spot after losing to the Raiders. So now they have they need a lot to go in their favor to kind of be able to at least clinch a playoff spot. Um, if you look at, like we talked about, Miami, they've just got the road in front of them. 
Cincinnati definitely needs to at least beat Cleveland if they lose to Kansas City and hope the rest of the division kind of just hits the fan. But, yeah, I mean, there is truly no way to, to really predict how this, this next two weeks will go for, for any of these teams, even if you're on a hot streak. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough football down to the wire here, boys. And then we talk about the NFC where, well, it's pretty much the polar opposite. You have five of the seven playoff teams that are known. Again, AFC just won with uh, Kansas City. But you start talking about seeding on the NFC could be interesting. Once, you know, on the AFC you get the better look next week of what the teams will be. We'll be talking about seeding. But uh, for the NFC, Packers 12-3, and uh, they won the North. Uh, they got Minnesota this weekend. Dallas has the Cardinals. Oh man, the Cardinals! I'm, I don't want to say I'm disappointed because they're prob they're in the playoffs, obviously. But uh, I had them winning the West, and they they're they're this close. They uh, just need some help from Baltimore. But anyway, Dallas and Arizona tangle this weekend. Dallas eleven and four. Rams are eleven and four. Got the Ravens. The Bucks eleven and four. Get the wonderful New York Jets. The Cardinals 10 and 5 get Dallas. Uh, teams in the hunt right now if the playoffs started today. San Francisco 8 and 7. They take on Houston. Eagles 8 and 7 take on the Washington football team. And teams in the hunt include the Vikings, Falcons, and Saints that are 7 and 8. And Washington football team somehow is still alive at 6 and 9 in the NFC. Uh, pretty much that one's going to be done by the end of the week coming up but some interesting uh shifting for those last two playoff spots it's interesting to me teams like the falcons and vikings i i don't like minnesota i'll say this up front but here's the thing you kind of feel for them because they could easily have about three or four more wins than they do right now they just have a, ch a tendency of choking uh severely down the stretch in the early part of the year but Right there, the Saints and Falcons right with them. What do you see here in these final two spots? I mean, the final two spots in the NFC control their own destiny. They definitely do. And I think for oh, it, it's kind of tough because, I mean, you've got, two e or you've got three straight even teams kind of looking for that those spots and the Vikings now have the Packers coming up this week. So that's going to be a tough game. Green Bay needs to, I think in my opinion, win out if they want that number one spot over Dallas. Let's see who kind of going over New Orleans and the Falcons. I think the crucial game is going to definitely be that last game where they face off against each other, trying to see who has the history on it. The Falcons have game one. And I think that's all that they've played. So the Falcons took the first game. So it's kind of a winner-take-all on that last matchup, and I think that's the one that you have to look at because the Vikings need to upset the Packers some way, somehow, and I think that game is in Lambeau, and then they've got the Bears at the end of the year. So, I mean, the Vikings could still make it out. I think it's whoever wins the Saints and Falcons at the end of the season. That's going to be your, your next team in. But you look at those final two spots. The 49ers and Eagles have a game up on these teams. I mean – Every single one of them, the Saints, Falcons, and Vikings, all have to win to give themselves a, any chance next week. The Falcons have Buffalo. The Vikings have the Packers. And the Saints have the Panthers. I mean, you. I guess if you're especially the Falcons or Vikings, you hope that San Francisco either loses to the Texans 
or the Eagles beat the Washington football team, I mean, I think best case scenario next week, you're looking at a race between, say, the Eagles and Saints uh, for that final spot. I mean, Minnesota will probably lose to Green Bay. They beat them earlier in the year, but uh, like you said, Green Bay has to get things rolling into the playoffs because we all know how this tune normally goes for Green Bay once they get there. Uh, the Bills are playing. Struggle bus. The, the Bills are playing for something against a Falcons team that's seven and eight. I mean, the Panthers Saints game is the most interesting. And like I said, you know, if and both the 49ers and Eagles win and those three lose, you've got your seven teams. So maybe not quite as interesting as the AFC, but the way the NFL goes, you know, at least either the Eagles or 49ers will probably end up losing because it always seems like there's a a, week, a final week uh, game that's like hyper important. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting on the NFC side. It's interesting Minnesota's still in the race. I mean, I kind of thought they were worse than seven and eight, but yeah, even good old Washington football team, you say there's a chance yeah. and uh, somehow – uh, that team's there, but so eleven teams left in the NFC for seven spots. How about the AFC? Thirteen teams. Uh, there's only a few eliminated in the AFC. You look at Jacksonville, New York, and uh, Houston. The only three eliminated uh, from the AFC, NFC: the Bears, Seahawks, Panthers, Giants, Detroit Lions are all gone, and poor, poor Detroit Lions. They'll get the, they're still not the, the worst. They're, they're number we'll get two. The first pick again. If it ends today, Jacksonville by a half a game, Detroit tie by Detroit tying with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's the difference right now. Uh, the Bears trading their pick to the Giants get no first round picks. They sit seventh. At least we've done something right this season. Not for our team, but for somebody else. Uh, getting them a good draft pick, so go, go team! Chicago's going to be baby. so great next year. Not. Oh my goodness! Well, I think also the one thing that we—I don't know if we mentioned it or not—but just to kind of go back to the NFC race, the Eagles have a tough last two games. Granted, the Washington Football Team is still six and nine, but I mean they're they're a tough six and nine, and so now Philadelphia has to win that, and then they get to. They got to play the Dallas Cowboys, who are on a red-hot streak in the last week. So, I mean, the Eagles don't have an easy road to the playoffs. I don't think there's a team that really, truly has just a straight, easy road to the playoffs. I mean, it's it's a tough road for any team that wants to get in right now on the AFC or the NFC side. San Francisco goes from Houston, hosting Houston, to playing the Rams in the final week. Which, depending oh. depending on what happens between uh, the Rams and Cardinals, so Rams have the Ravens, Cardinals have the Cowboys, those two could be tied going into the final week. And like you said, it's going to be an uphill battle, but five of the seven on the NFC side have clinched. So there is uh, that, the uh, extensive look at the NFL. It's going to be interesting. It's always funny to me at this time of year when you look at teams that are in the hunt still, uh, or I guess maybe your end of the bubble teams, like say a Steelers, a Browns, a Broncos, where you're like, you're technically not eliminated yet, 
but so much would have to go right. Maybe not for Pittsburgh because they're a half game back, but for the Browns and the Broncos especially, everybody in front of you has a game. The the uh, six seeds got two games on you. It's uh, going to be an uphill battle, but we'll uh, see how those uh, teams go. Uh, well, I got a question for you. Sure, fire. Do you do you have on hand? And if you don't, it's perfectly fine. But I just want to see it. Do you have our predictions from when we made them before the NFL started on where teams are and who's top of the division and what? All right, you're gonna have to give me a, a few seconds here. You're gonna do some fine filler. I'm pretty sure I can find it, but it'll take me like 35 seconds. Some time filler. Oh man. But no, I, dude. To be honest, I'm actually like after looking at this playoff picture, and we talked about it last week too. Just how messed up everything is. And before we get to it, I'm just back on the ESPN app. Before we get to the college football segment, Oklahoma is winning 30-3 to in the Valero Alamo Bowl tonight. But, um, and that's at halftime. Yikes for the good old Oregon Ducks. But, I mean, I, I think it's funny. Just I want to see what predictions we got wrong because I'm looking at some of them, and I think the majority of mine were right or not right. Like, I know there's a few of them that are definitely right, but it's just, it's kind of a matter to see, especially, I think the NFC East was the one division that I was, like, not correct on at all, or I might just be flip-flopping the Eagles and the Cowboys. All right, so I can't wait to hear what filler just happened. I am uh, very much looking forward to that. So I did find it. That's not getting right. cu- that's not getting cut out of the show, by the way. We're definitely leaving that Wait. in. So if you smack talk to me, I'm going to get to hear about it. Uh, I'll hear about it I later. I did not smack talk. You guys heard it here first. I did not smack talk. Have my back chat. All right, here we go. So you're talking about our picks back on the 28th of August. I'm guessing I can't read my own writing here, but here we go. <laughs> Boy, I didn't I didn't do write this very well. But the North predictions, uh, we all had Green Bay winning. You and okay. I had Chicago second. Wow, that is oh. RC <laughs> RC this gets better. RC had Detroit second. Boy, what a fool. That's <laughs> tough. Uh NFC South. Uh Tampa Bay was everybody's uh favorite. Wait a second. I think I... T- uh, boy, reading my writing... Oh, yeah, I did take Tampa. I thought it took Chicken New Orleans crash. for a second, and I'm like, wait a second. But, yeah, we all took uh, Tampa. Carolina had votes from you and I for second. RC had the Saints second in the uh, South. Uh, the ANFC West, uh, you and I had the Cardinals winning it. RC had the Rams winning it. I had right. Se- well, you and I both had Seattle going second, which, boy, that looks bad now, but at the beginning of the oh, year, yeah. uh, RC had the Cardinals second, Seattle there third, and San Francisco fourth. So likely won't get it completely right, but a lot going there. Oh, boy, the NFC East. You want to hear some follies? Here you go. Oh, no. Washington football team, technically alive but not going to win the East. RC and I had had winning. Oh, no. And you you had a team that's on the brink of being in the playoffs and Philadelphia winning the East. You had Dallas fourth. RC had Dallas fourth, and I had (laughs) Dallas third. That's not not particularly good, boys. 
Nope. Uh, AFC. We're bad. AFC, here we go. We'll start in the east. All of us had Buffalo. Yeah. But UNRC had Miami second, which isn't necessarily wrong, but I'm going to tell you. It's not pick, out of the picture yet. The pick, the pick that I got made fun of and was like, what is this guy thinking? Patriots second was me. UNRC had him finishing fourth. Just hey. throwing that out there. Throwing some shade where shade is due. Uh, yep. The West Kansas City was the unanimous one. Uh, Chargers were two for you and I. RC had the Raiders second. AFC South, we had, again, we weren't really, the top picks weren't exactly creative. All of us had Tennessee. Houston, you had Houston going two, amazingly. Oh, here, I'm even better. Jacksonville was going two for me. Uh, RC, oh <laughs> RC had the Colts uh, going second. And in the north, uh, everybody picked the Ravens. Everybody picked the Browns. Everybody picked the Steelers and the Bengals in dead last. All of us picked the north in the exact same order. And there's a possibility only one of those teams is going to make the playoffs. So, classic. And here you go. So, looking at our title games... There's a lot of head shaking about to be happening here, but on the NFC title games for me, Seattle and Tampa. So that's Ooh. not going to happen. You had Arizona and Tampa, probably could be a thing, and RC had Potential. LA and Tampa. Potential. And the, the AFC title game, Ravens Bills, which uh, maybe if Baltimore decides to get their head out of their ass, which. Uh, <laughs> Uh, was that you, Baltimore? That, that was so. me. You had Chiefs and Bills, which yeah, that that's probably a thing. And then Ravens, Titans, RC. Uh, oh no! Somehow there's a pick that's shakier than mine for the AFC title game. Uh, Super Bowl <laughs> was Tampa over Buffalo for me. Buffalo over Arizona for you, and Baltimore Ooh. over Tampa for RC. Ooh. So there you go. I'm impressed that I actually found that. But yeah, we I uh, love it. We got it. Uh, we got it going on, as the uh, cool kids say here in podcast number twenty-two. Use the code word COVID twenty for fifteen percent off Raise Energy as well. Uh, we'll also make notes uh, if I get motivated, which I'm going to get motivated at the time of this recording. It's more of a question than it will be, but there'll be a best of twenty-one. Uh, podcast coming out um also did some uh looking and found an old um clip at some point we might use uh as a as as something to put on this uh channel but i did a video game podcast apparently a little while back found some clips of that so that's something that i mean we're not going to be playing any of that now, and it's not going to be in the best of 21 <laughs> because it was recorded prior to 21, but something interesting I found. So Solid. there Solid. is that. So, uh, yeah, all of that good stuff going on there. Uh, tough news. Let's see. Today is Wednesday when we're recording this, so it would have been Tuesday. The loss of the NFL legend himself. When you thought of football, you thought of this man, John Madden, passing away at age 85. And looking at it from a coaching perspective from him, 
103-32-7, winning 75% of his regular season games. Now, bear in mind, coaches of the era, Bud Grant, who he beats in a Super Bowl, by the way, Tom Landry, Don Shula, Chuck Knoll. That's in the era that he's doing. But wait, it gets better. So he wins the Super Bowl in the 76th season. Super Bowl eleven, right? He beats the uh, Vikings in it. They go 13-1. and They roll through the playoffs. The three years prior, that's 1973, 1974, 1975, the Raiders get the title games, losing to the Dolphins and Steelers twice. And in 77, they get to a title game as well, which they lose to the Broncos. So he has a Super Bowl title. And around that, four AFC title game losses. He loses the title game in 1970 uh, due to the Raiders to the Colts. But Madden, I mean, you think about it from calling games on all four of the major networks. Man, I think he's probably the only one to do that. If not the only one, one of the first ones. And then, you know, for me as a broadcaster... Uh, the Madden video games, I think a lot of people got the, the start of calling the games on there. Uh, oh, yeah. That I mean, me. just just a legend. Just a legend. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, surprising, without question, uh, news from that. But 85 years old was John Madden. What a historic career, though, too. I mean, like, granted, yeah, you lose a lot – or you lose a few – conference championships in the nfl but i mean still you had one of the most you had one of the best coaches in the books and one of the best minds of football and especially just for him to come call football and just have the career that he did as a broadcaster i mean 85 years old that much accomplished i mean he he passed away with a good legacy and like you like you it was madden and it was college football that got me started Mm -hmm. on trying to call sports and then get me into college to call sports so i mean what a just what a guy to kind of build a career around and just at least try to get your head head started in that direction for, for sports broadcasting. If you want to follow him, he's a great guy to follow. There's a bunch of older guys as well that are still around to go follow, but John Madden is definitely one of the best if you're looking for football analysis in a game. 2006, he makes it into the NFL Hall of Fame, but it's just, I mean... It's amazing to me. I I knew the Raiders in that era were good, and I you know he's a legendary coach and all of that. But I mean, it's amazing to me when you sit there and think about it. And he was. I watched a couple of videos on him. Uh, the NFL posted a couple things to Twitter, and one of the things that stood out to me is you talk to coaches that lose a lot of say AFC title games, and they're they're distraught, this that and the other thing. Where Madden's like, okay. So if I'm this close to a Super Bowl, imagine how upset the guy is that didn't even make the playoffs, period. And it's it's interesting to hear that kind of perspective from a um, a coach that's been on the brink. Granted, he wins one in there, too. So I'm sure that helps, you know, make it a little less frustrating to get to all of those. But it's interesting to hear the the, the thought process of, hey, you know, we were an inch away from getting to the Super Bowl where – some guy that goes say one in thirteen was ten miles from it. Imagine how frustrated oh, yeah. they are. So it's interesting to hear uh, hear past videos of him talking about that uh, perspective from a guy that had that much success. 
I love watching. I think there was a clip on Twitter or TikTok or something about it, wherever it was that I saw after he had passed. And it was him breaking down a play, and he was drawing just lines all over the board. And, I mean, I forget who the fellow broadcaster was or, like, the guy interviewing him or whatever. He's just he's looking astonished that Madden's able to keep up with every <laughs> single line he's drawing on this. And it just looks like chicken scratch. And it looks like a five-year-old couldn't even deduce this. But he's sitting there. You got this guy goes this way. He goes that way. And then, bam, the middle's open. And I'm like, how the hell is the middle even still a factor in this? Like, can we go back to that? And it's just, it's watching physics. Like, I mean, he had marked down everything. And this and there's just one teeny spot, and he goes, that's where the ball's getting thrown. And I'm like, the ball should have been thrown there, 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 there. You had an open receiver here. You split the linebacker. I mean, but no, he wanted it this way. And he had a convoluted way of just telling us that you could look at this route, you could look at this route, but it's this is where we want to get to. And, oh, my goodness, that he is just, he was just a character. Well, I was going to say that, too. I mean, I saw an old Miller Lite commercial that was shared on Twitter where, you know, he was an animated guy, and the commercial starts with he's talking about this beer, and he's like, you know, I'm not as animated as I was about uh, when I was a coach, and then by the end of the commercial, he's animated again. And, I mean, who can forget the turducken, man? Uh, a lot oh, of, my goodness. A lot of crazy stuff, and, I mean, it's – it was always interesting he never made a comeback. You know, you kind of wondered if he would be back for a Thanksgiving game or something like that. But, yeah, it's uh, – and he broadcasted next to Vin Scully, I think, for a few games in there. Pat Summerall, one you'll remember. Uh, Al Michaels, I think, even for a little bit in there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just a incredible – uh, career for him and you know not to mention he was on the movie the uh the replacement as a broadcaster there you go the i more, love that the more you know but yeah there it's uh something i wanted to talk about is it uh recently happened and there is a lot to uh to uh talk about and just the impact he had on the video game too i mean you think about all the the, the strategy that was put into that game and uh, looking here at some of his television time. So he was on all four major networks, CBS from 1979 to 1993. So the year he got out of football in 78, the next year he was already in uh, as a broadcaster. Uh, so Fox from 94 to 01, ABC from 02 to 05 and NBC from 06 to 08. So there you go with that one is uh he's again, been out of sports for that long i uh, yeah yep oh eight really oh eight really i oh my goodness i i couldn't even think that it's been that long yeah it is it is surprising and i mean i he also played for the raiders for an offseason uh practice squad member in there as well in 58 so yeah there's a there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, different things that uh, he did, but it, just 103, 32 and seven made. Uh, you have to figure what six, 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 six AFC championship games, won one of them, and then went on to win the Super Bowl. From there, as uh, nine and seven playoffs all time. When he got in, he lost 
the first round one time, and that was in 72, uh, the other times Ooh. making the uh, AFC title games in there. So uh, just a little bit about the uh, legend John Madden. So switching gears here to college football now. A lot of bowl games to talk about. A lot of, uh, I don't really know how to put it, a lot of frustration, I guess you could say. Uh, The rules being changed, the bowl games being canceled on as short of notice as they are. Uh, The most recent one being uh, Tuesday night when it was UCLA and uh, NC State mere hours. That's not an exaggeration either. Mere hours before the game, NC State uh, figures out that UCLA has got a COVID problem that they had leading up to, but they were still trying to play. They had a decimated D-line, I want to say. Decided they were going to try to roll with it and then got more COVID, so that game got canceled. Uh, Boston College in the Military Bowl with uh, East Carolina got canceled. Uh, There's shuffling of teams being moved around from different games that's also going on. Uh, But looking at games for Wednesday... Some good ones. Uh, Clemson beat Iowa State 20-13. to Clemson, number 19, 10-win team. Uh, Iowa State just above 500. And in a game that you kind of chuckle about because it was a couple of 6-6 six and six teams going at it at the new era pinstripe bowl. Woo! Saw Maryland destroy Virginia Tech. 30, count them, 30 second-half points. They obliterate Virginia Tech 54 to 10 and in a game that's going on at the time of this recording 30 to 11 Oklahoma is clobbering Oregon in the third quarter Oregon did score get a two-point conversion they were down 30 to 3 at the half so maybe something will go there but uh, so far that's a no-go there SMU Virginia was canceled tonight is there any bowl games so far uh, that you will look at and go hey that was that was a really good game, or that was a surprising game. I'll start Raging Cajuns, 13-1. and They knock off Marshall. Uh, a dominant fourth quarter scoring 20, 36-21. They're 13-1 in the uh, R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl uh, for the Raging Cajuns' first game that really jumps off to me. Uh, we talked about this one uh, last time a little bit. San Diego State whomped. UTSA 38-24, UTSA 12-2, heck of a year for them. That was in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. I'll tell you, some of these names are pretty uh, pretty awesome. It, it's bad. By bad, you mean excellent. Oh, yeah. But just like kind of looking around, the SEC continuing with just bowl woes when it's not well, in the playoff. Well, you know they don't care unless it's playing for a national championship game. You scroll know, through they're, Twitter they're, just like I do. They're zero and three. They're zero and four because Missouri lost to Army. UCF beat Florida, and not it, it was only twenty nine to seventeen. But if you actually watch that game, UCF beat twenty Florida. to seven in the second half for UCF. Oh yeah, but no, still like UCF pounded Florida. Auburn lost to Houston. Uh, let's see, 
Mississippi State. I'm going to cut you off, but uh, to go back to that Houston game, and then we'll finish up with SEC. But did you hear the Houston coach bitch and complain about how long Auburn's coach uh, press conference took before Houston got in there for a press conference? No. I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, I guess this coach was pissed that they didn't talk to him first because they won. And I think, oh, and man. I don't quote me on this because it's off of Twitter, and I I don't know if it was a legit account, but I guess he's uh, outside the room, like saying "hurry up," wrapping up in there, like <laughs> what are you doing, man? <laughs> like you just won the the bowl game, and you're pissing and moaning about when you're. Go, going to get interviewed, but anyway, I thought that was uh, funny to throw in there, but yeah, SEC, they they only play the bowl games that matter according to Twitter, and if it's okay, not a bowl maybe. game, if it's not a bowl game that can end up with the big one, then they're like, whatever, just that, and that's, that's the bad part about it is everybody argues that the SEC is one of the best conferences in the country. If it is, they'd be winning bowl games all the dang time, and you know what? <laughs> they don't. They lose, and granted, this Houston team was no pushover. Like, you had a 12-2 and Houston team who lost to Cincinnati in the conference championship, who was a very good offense and has been for years. Mississippi State gets throttled by a Big 12 team who was a middle-of-the-road team. Uh, let's see, what else do we got here? What was the other? Uh, you look Florida. At, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you look at Florida. I mean, Florida's up by one at the half and gets shelled in the second half, 20-7. to I mean, I wouldn't say shelled. In a normal, if this was SEC versus SEC, but this is UCF, UCF twenty to seven in the second half against Florida. I mean, it's that's not good if you're an SEC yep. fan. And you know the they're gonna potential. have the, they're gonna have the built-in excuse, and I get it. You got Georgia, you got Alabama. Here in about a few days from this recording, they're gonna be playing in a national championship game. I get it. You're gonna have the best team best two teams possibly in the nation but as a conference like you said i think people might start you know losing a little respect for not alabama or georgia or who alabama and whatever second team will be in to do with the playoff yeah but everybody else you kind of go are they really the best conference because they're for a while i mean you played an sec team it was going to be a shit show for you but now it it was going to be a not so much no, and I think the one thing that SEC fans get to look forward to, besides those the championships, are Oklahoma right now. Your future SEC team is pounding on a Pac-12 team who is kind of who's hit their their rockiness a little bit in Oregon after beating Ohio State. But if you look at the rest of the slate for the SEC, North Carolina plays South Carolina in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. So the Carolina North Carolina on Thursday. North Carolina is favored by ten. Yeah. Tennessee plays Purdue, a very good Purdue team who had a couple of upsets this year. Tennessee is um, favored by six in that. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Okay. Um, Arkansas has Penn State. Arkansas is ranked 21st in the country, 8-4. and four. They play a 7-5 and five Penn State team. Kind of and a toss-up there. Arkansas, two-point favorites. That I would say that's a toss-up. Penn State is definitely a, a struggling – like, struggle to play against seven and five team they've still got a very good offense that can produce points arkansas though has dealt through the gauntlet they did actually have a pretty good gauntlet this year and now the one team uh and then lsu has kansas state on tuesday january 4th 
But the one team that I think really people are going to watch is number eight Ole Miss plays the Big Twelve champ Baylor on New Year's Eve or on New Year's Day, and that's the Sugar Bowl. That's the nightcap at seven forty-five on ESPN. Mississippi State or Ole Miss is, I believe, favored to win that one. Point and a half. Like, yep. But but I mean, to me, that's going to be the more exciting game if you're an SEC fan besides the championships. Because I mean, it's Georgia and Alabama. You have seen these teams all the time here now in the playoff run. I think that this Ole Miss-Baylor game is going to just be an absolute shootout if it was like the Oklahoma State-Baylor game. Because Ole, Ole Miss can hold their own. They dealt with a little bit of the gauntlet as well. I'm going to look at their schedule here. At the end of the season, they kind of hit a little bit of a rocky road on teams that they probably should have easily handled. But they lost to Auburn, who ended up losing to Houston. They lost to Bama. They beat Arkansas. 52 to 51 they beat Tennessee who's in a bowl game right now so I mean they they didn't have as big of a gauntlet as everybody they beat Texas Tech or Texas A&M that was a big win for them so they they have their resume kind of stout there and that was the thing that a lot of people were excited about to see where Ole Miss would get placed and Baylor had won and then got pushed back so now it's going to be a battle of seven and eight and that one I'm definitely excited to watch in the Sugar Bowl. And then you look at number twenty-two Kentucky taking on number fifteen Iowa Hawkeyes. Ten and three got oh, trounced yeah. in the Big Ten title game. Kentucky a three-point favorite in that one. That could be another interesting one of um, in the Verbo Citrus Bowl. You talked about the All-State Sugar Bowl earlier. Uh, not nearly as interesting as some of the other games, but uh, Alabama's basically a two-touchdown favorite over Cincinnati. I don't yeah. think there is a person on the planet that if you're not a diehard Alabama fan, there is nobody on the planet uh, outside of diehard Alabama fans that want to see Bama win this game. I I don't think I could be wrong there. I know I want to see Cincinnati win. Maybe a nice 10-point win, you know, something to really just flex of, all right, here we go. This is why we should have these type of teams in there because oh, yeah. this might be – you know, me wanting chaos more, I guess. But I feel uh, like if Cincinnati gets th- if Cincinnati gets throttled by Alabama, I don't know that there's going to be another one of the the non Power Five teams put back in the top four for a long time. And that's the sad part about the playoff committee because if you look at Notre Dame, Notre that's Dame another one. The they and gotten throttled, and they keep getting in, and they don't have... Granted, they beat a couple of good teams every year, but they don't have a conference. And we've talked about it before, and we're not going to get into the rant because (laughs) we're going to go off on it. But the thing that the committee has to look at, too, is if you guys want just new blood in, and you all they always talk about it, we want to give teams the chance to show their record, show their strength of schedule. And for some of the teams, I will agree, it is their... They need to schedule harder opponents. Like, Cincinnati should schedule Ole Miss. They should schedule Baylor. They should schedule good-ranked opponents before getting into conference play. And if they win, that boosts their strength of schedule a lot. And granted, it's where they're, the teams end up at the end of the year. But still, you need to schedule opponents, but also the playoff committee needs to give these teams the chance to say, hey, if you guys can compete with the big dogs, Here's your shot. Go get it. If not, all right, that's fine. We're going to move on to the next team. But if you don't keep doing this, it's going to be the same teams every year, and everybody's going to argue, 
Well, that's that's what the playoff is. You're you're supposed to be the best team in there. Yes, that is true. But also, you've got teams that are knocking on the door that are beating other other opponents. Whether it's in bowl games like UCF did against Auburn, competed against LSU, and then got ran when Joe Burrow decided just to turn it turn on God mode after getting wrecked. But I mean, if you just look at teams that are starting to kind of build up and compete against the other Power Five teams and win these games every year, now you've got a legitimate concern as the playoff committee is saying, hey, we should put this team in. If they lose, that's fine. We've got another team that's lined up ready to go. That's what the playoff committee should more so be looking at and looking at trying to expand to an 18 playoff instead of just trying to say, okay, Alabama, Georgia, uh, maybe Ohio State, maybe Oklahoma. Oh, Clemson's not in this year. Well, that's a new shock. (laughs) I mean, my goodness. Cutting one SEC team would go a long way in this too. I mean, to have SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve say, however the rankings would work out, I I would just love to see Cincinnati win for a multitude of reasons. Don't necessarily love Alabama. Uh, nope. Don't love the thought of Michigan getting rolled, and then Alabama, Georgia being your title game. I have no faith in Michigan whatsoever. Uh, I actually do. I have a faith in that defense. They're a seven-and-a-half-point dog to Georgia, just throwing it out there. I I know, but that seven-and-a-half-point dog, that could honestly be a game just because you look at Georgia's defense, who, besides the fact of losing to Alabama, was one of the best defenses in the country. You look at Michigan's defense, who went through a Big Ten schedule like no other, they're one of the best defenses in the country. So you have top defenses going head-to-head, you have a Michigan offense who's finally kind of figured out what the heck is going on under center. And now Georgia, Kirby Smart's looking to try to redeem himself against Alabama. So there's a thought of, could Georgia Georgia just press too much in this game? Or is Georgia just going to sit back and let Michigan make the mistakes for themselves and have that quarterback game just crumble like a damn cookie? So there, there are so many factors going into that game on how it could end up. But I think that game is going to be a much bigger dogfight than everybody expects. That's not going to be another team pushed over to the SEC. And if it is, you guys can can roast me all day long. But I think that game <laughs> is going to just be an all-out grudge match. And I'm excited to watch it on New Year's Eve. Some other uh, bowl games noteworthy on January 1st, 2022. Just a few days away at the time of the recording here. Uh, number five, Notre Dame. We talked about them and how much high, high respect we've got for Notre Dame as uh, they take on number nine, Oklahoma State. Notre Dame, two-point favorites in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Uh, an interesting one here. Number six, Ohio State takes on number 11, Utah. Ohio State, four-and-a-half-point favorites. And I like the way this one's worded. The Rose Bowl game presented by Capital One Venture X. So there you go. And then there's a uh, Texas Bowl that's like – four days after everything else for some reason. K-State uh, LSU. I, I, I don't know why that's I, – I really don't know why. On a Tuesday night, they've got 6-6 six and six LSU and 7-5 and five K-State. But I guess I can't criticize too much knowing that there's a we, – we just got to be happy that the bowl games are actually being played at this point. Uh, oh, I know. With the chaos and the uh, – uh, COVID situation there. So uh, that's a breakdown of college football. We'll take a quick look at college basketball, uh, some matchups from tonight. 
Uh, Michigan State just defeats high point. Michigan State, number 10, 81-68. Purdue rolls Nichols State. Purdue, number 3, 104-90. Uh, number 1, or 21, I should say. Providence beats Seton Hall, 70-65. Kentucky beats Missouri, 83-56. In a battle of top 16, number 11, Auburn beats number 16, LSU, 70-55. Number 24, Wisconsin holds on for dear life against Illinois State, 89 89- 85 number 19 alabama beats number 14 tennessee 73 68 and kansas number six rolls past nevada 88 61 i want to fast forward to the weekend because there are two really good games on the uh top 25 docket for new year's day how about this one number one baylor at number eight iowa state cyclones after an abysmal year last year are absolutely rolling right now and the other matchup, number 15, Seton Hall takes on number 22, uh, Villanova. Should be a good one there. Fast forward to the third if you want. Number 24, Wisconsin, is at number three, Purdue. So a very quick look at the NCAA basketball there. And now before we, before we move on real quick, I think for all the Iowa State basketball fans that are sitting on the edge of their seats, you guys at least need to compete in this one. Granted, I know that Iowa State has scored a lot of points in games. They're they're beating some good opponents. They beat Creighton, who is mediocre this year. They beat Iowa. Wow. Um, but otherwise, shade I mean, you're, for days, dude. No, no, it's thirteen and oh man, they won like four games all of last year total. I know, but you, you're coming in and facing a Baylor team who is probably one of the best in the country. You guys got to make it. I get what like you're a saying. A lot of people are riding the train. I get what you're it's saying. Not, it's not trying to throw any shade against Iowa State, but I mean, it's just it's kind of one of those things where can can you keep up the run? Like, is this a legitimate team? Because right now, it's almost kind of like a not not to throw the name out there, but it's kind of like a little bit of a Bama schedule where you've played a little bit of. <laughs> Everybody's schedule's awful at the beginning. Baylor's last game, by oh, the yeah. way, Northwestern State Demons, 104-68 to in the first half. So this Northwestern State scored 68 total. In the first half, Baylor scored 58. They almost scored as many points in the first half as this team did as a total. Baylor and Iowa State both go in at 13-0. and uh, I don't know, didn't know a lot about Baylor, but that gigantic win there – uh, was part of their early season uh, wins. Eight-point win over an Oregon team. That's usually a team you'll see in the tournament. They held Villanova to 36 points uh, in a win earlier this season. Well, and that's that's the thing about Baylor. They returned a lot of their guys. That They returned a big amount of the team that was there last year in the championship game. So you're you're kind of looking at a team who's who's back out for blood. Because I remember, who was it? It was Baylor versus Gonzaga last year, wasn't it? Ooh, let me look. I, I, oh, don't, gosh. I don't know that offhand. Uh, I, I that sounds I'm, right. I'm looking at it. March Madness. March Madness 2021. Who won it last year? Baylor did. Yeah, because I picked Baylor to win it, and everybody thought I was insane. But Baylor <laughs> returned a lot of the same guys that they had last year. And that was that big top defensive core, and that was the reason that I put him over Gonzaga was they had a much better defense. So that's the one thing that Baylor needs to keep doing is playing that defensive ball because they 
they held teams to very low-scoring games last year. I will say March this year on this podcast will be a hoot because oh, yeah. all of us, maybe not RC as much because he's not a huge college sports fan, but I know you and I both are very opinionated and very confident in what we're uh, <laughs> what we throw down on the paper, so that'll be fun. Some other notes for Baylor in this game uh, coming into Iowa State's uh, matchup with them. Held Michigan State to a 75-58 Baylor win, so a good defensive effort there. Close game against VCU, another team that you have a tendency to see in the March Madness tournament, so should be a good one there. Two 13-0 teams tangle uh, Saturday for that matchup there. So with that... Unless you've got another sports thing to add here, it's time for, uh, I don't know, this this might be one of those segments that looks good on paper <laughs> and ends up becoming one of those segments you're like, well, we probably shouldn't have run it, but uh, nonetheless, it's time for the Spotify wrapped segment, and this will be, I think it'll be funny, because I know what mine looks like, and I'm sure yours is going to be a whole heck of a lot more normal and I've got my number one song tuned up, so unless you actually know it, which, like I said, I don't know if you will, but we're going to go ahead on. and uh, so, all right, top genres. We'll start with my top genres, and then I don't know if you've got just songs or artists or genres or whatever you've got over there on your end, but I'm going to start with genres. Here we go. You ready for this? Let's go get it. Number five, dance pop. I'm oh just as surprised my. as you are with that one. Hold on, I'm trying to I'm trying to go see if I can find my genres. So here, I'll I'll go through mine and give you some time here. Number four, country road. Number three, outlaw country. Again, these are top genres for twenty twenty one uh for my Spotify playlist. And then number two, alternative metal. Number one, classic rock, but dance pop getting number five is is amusing to me so a rock metal two countries and a dance pop make my top five for the old uh spotify wrapped uh playlist whatever uh for that so do you have any luck in this i'm i'm looking through it it's loading so slow i listen to 80 oh here we go i listen to 86 different genres this year my top genres are Oh my gosh! Here we go. <laughs> so, number five, modern rock. Okay. Number four, country road. Hey, that's gonna... mine too! Wow, twinsies, way to go, man. <laughs> yeah, but we're gonna giggle about this one. Number three was dance pop. Wow, he likes to dance <laughs> in his free time. Classic rock was number two, and then to get it all topped off, contemporary country was number wow. one on my genres. Yeah. There you go. You don't, you don't really sound that impressed with your top five. I'm just, I was just waiting to see what it was. Ooh. All right. So now I'm going to go through uh, the other part of the rap. It's top artist, top song. I want to save songs for last. Uh, we'll understand why here in a minute, maybe. Uh, maybe you'll surprise me. We'll have to see. But top artist, number five, Weird Al. Number four, The Wiggles. <laughs> wait, 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 what is this? The Wiggles, number four. I don't know. Go, wait, 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 what was the, what was the, uh, 
What was the category for this? This is top artists of 2021 from my Spotify playlist. <laughs> the Wiggles. The Wiggles. Now, now, all right, you know what? I wasn't going to play them, but just so... Uh, is this your top song? No, this is not the top song. This is... Uh, oh, what do we want to hear? Big Red Car. Well, I think we got to go with the classic here. Got to get her, get her going. Uh, oh, that's right. They switched. I think this is the OG. Oh, that's a commercial. I'm just going to keep talking. Oh, yes. This is the Wiggles. This is the number four artist of my 2021 Spotify playlist. All right. trying to find my top artist. I found my top artist, but I'm trying to find my top five artist. Anthony, I'm chopping up some melon. Hey, Jeff, what are you doing? Hey, nice to meet you. Oh, my goodness. There we go. I found him. Is that fruit salad? <laughs> 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 An absolute bop. A bop. Truest of Bob. All right. Anyway, that's that's the Wiggles for those listening that are like, "What the hell is this guy?" This is this is a show meant for like, I, I don't know. What would you Kid. say? Like under Kid. under eight, probably under ten. Oh un, under ten at the old age. All right. So there's number four. Number three is Marty Robbins. This is an old country artist. For those that aren't into that, he's an old western. Uh, El Paso is one of his songs. Uh, Big Irons, another one of his songs. And then we get into music that you're like, okay, at least to know what that is. Number two, artist of 2021, Slipknot. And number one oh. artist of 2021 was Shine Down. Apparently, I listened to 776 minutes of Shine Down. Uh, Love it. That is the top five artists for me. And uh, I don't think you can top that, but you can sure try. Uh, mine is definitely as generic as it frigging comes. <laughs> so number five was good old Zach Brown band. Number four, Jay Cohen. Number three, John Langston. Number two, Luke Combs. And wow. just to keep just to keep with the generic look, number one was good old Morgan Wallen. And according to this, I listed nine hundred and sixty one different artists. Morgan Wallen being my top, uh, I was in the top 5% of listeners this year who had Morgan Wallen. Well, wait, hold on. I clicked something and now it's I was in the back, top but... 2% for Shinedown, buddy. I'm a real fan, man. Oh, man. Hold on. We'll go all the way back to as much music as we listen to, and we'll see who compared both. But so far this year, I had 1,300 minutes of Morgan Wallen listening oh and God. the top song that i had was this bar by him all but right let's 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 throw it to like the very first part of um how much music we listen to and like what percent we were for that because everybody's been saying what they were for percent of like music listened so hold on here i'm trying to find it so you're talking about at the beginning of the rap here yeah. All right. So if I if everybody listening to this podcast here's my uh my my wrapped will be playing behind this because I'm using my phone 
uh, Nick's on the phone line. So if we hear a loud uh, noise here, I do apologize. But You can mute it. If I was smart enough, I sure could. <laughs> it's up at the top by where the X is. All right, so we got the movie main ca- – oh, I, I want to skip this. So uh, what are we talking like about? Third one uh, so I spent – are you talking about percentage of listeners – that I'm higher than for music uh, minutes. Yeah, how much? How much time did you spend listening to music? Eleven thousand four hundred and twenty-nine minutes, more than sixty-one percent of other listeners, which I'm sure is not very high. How much did you spend? Eleven thousand four hundred and twenty-nine minutes, more than sixty-one percent of <laughs> listeners in the good old U.S. of A. Uh, I spent thirty six thousand. Oh, I got smoked! <laughs> I got smoked! <laughs> I spent thirty six thousand minutes listening to music, and that is more than eighty seven percent of listeners in the good old wow. U.S. today. I and here was the thing: I spent a lot of driving, and we were on a bus for long times for baseball, so I was constantly listening to music. Well, that was impressive. I won't. I won't deny. So, what are uh, what's our other numbers we're comparing here before we get to song of the year? Uh oh! I just found my top song of the year. I think that's what we're on now. We can just go to it. Song of the year. All right. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, here. Hold on. I pulled it back up because I didn't. It skipped ahead. I thought I was holding it. So my top song once again to continue with just the cliche of what my music was my top song was what you see is what you get by luke combs and that was my top song of the year i played it 52 times all right so top five i'll have to i'll have to see if i can find how many times uh wait top five or like your top, top five song of the year in general top five i haven't uh yeah starting with top five and I got to see if I can find that number you just uh, talked about there. But oh, I found my top. I got my top five now. All right, top five. All right. So starting down at number five again, I will continue just with the cliche of my music. Not no anybody who is listening. I do listen to some weird music, but apparently I just like to listen to my stuff more. <laughs> number five was "Down to the Honky Tonk" by Jake Owen. I played that a lot <laughs> for the summer, especially. Uh, Beers and Sunshine, Darius Rucker. I was on the lake and the river a lot, so there you go. Running on Sunshine was number three by John Langston. Number two, I played this. I'm surprised this wasn't my top song. I played this religion religiously, and he was in Lincoln not too long ago. Colin Baton Rouge, but it was by Brooks Jefferson, not Garth Brooks, because uh, the only like music streaming that Garth Brooks does, I think, is the uh, SoundCloud. But Colin Baton Rouge, number two, and then number one, obviously, was what you see, what you get, Luke Combs. All right. Man, so I'm generic. Mine is far from it, especially the number one. But there's a few songs in this that will make sense. Number five, Shine Down with the song 45. Number four, Ghost with the song Square Hammer. Number three, Mudvayne with the song Dig. Number two, Shine Down with the song Devil. And number one, Bubble and the Shit Rockers with the song The Kittyman. Have you heard this song? Let me answer that question for you. You have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm so caught up on the name. What was the name of the band? The name of the band, Bubbles and the Shit Rockers. 
off of the Trailer Park Boys. This is some song they released. It's only a minute and a half long. It's called The Kittyman. It's the Kittyman Sea Shanty in full. I'm sure you haven't heard it based on the reaction. All right. Well, let's see if this will up. Mike will do a better job of picking this one up. So here it is. The best song of 2021. The number one song of the year. Bubbles in the Shit Rockers with the Kittyman. So yeah, you get the idea. That is the best song, and the best part of it is I have no idea what Spotify bases this off of. This oh, song was my. played only thirty-two times. Which for the song of the like the top song I would have thought would have been played way more than that, but it was played thirty two times and wins song of the year twenty twenty one. So that is all right. I told you it would surprise you. That algorithm just doesn't make sense, but okay. I told you it would surprise you. Shine Down forty five. That's a good song though. Shine Down anything is excellent. I listened to like. 800 minutes of shine down or something this year uh so there you go yeah now i don't have the impressive numbers you do i mean the total minutes i have like a third of it what you had dude i like i said i will listen to music all the time like i'll throw music on in the shower like since i don't still have internet here because i'm stupid uh, I'll just throw music on while I'm cooking and then I'll throw a movie on. Like I, I will list, like I will go to bed right now and because I just can't sleep without any noise. I will throw music on on my phone cause I like can't stream stuff. So like all my saved, uh, music, I will throw it on on my phone and just listen to it while I fall asleep. So it'll play. So the problem I probably have with this is I split time between YouTube and Spotify so, like, if I'm driving somewhere and it's short, I'll put on YouTube because you can control more of, like, what songs you hear versus if, like, you're road tripping, Spotify is definitely the way to go when you know you're in the car for four hours. Oh, so, yeah. that's probably part of the problem uh, as why my music listening minutes is so bad, but I don't think I could compete with 37,000 minutes even if I tried. I mean, I'll throw on a podcast, too, a little bit, but it's just, like, I... oh. Yeah, so here's a here's a great great thing. So Spotify um, keeps track of who the best podcast that I listen to is. Yeah, and let's see if you can guess what podcast Spotify picked out as this is the best podcast and the p- podcast you listen to the most. The Colbert Show. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Because I listen back and I'd like to make sure, you know, that the, the episodes come out and, you know, there's no, like, glaring problems with them. And I don't listen to, I mean, I listen to other podcasts, but, again, I'm not really sure what the algorithm had because I don't think there's been that many minutes. Maybe it goes by, like, episodes played. So, like, I play parts of all of them at different points. So I'd probably say that's more of what it is because it's, like, I, I definitely, like, my girlfriend takes over, like, the podcast on my phone. Because, like, besides ours, I'll listen to, like, just podcasts with her, like, because she likes to do the same thing. We can't fall asleep without, like, having music or something on. 
So if it's not the TV, I'll just throw a podcast on my phone. So like throw it all the way back to when Jenna Marbles was on YouTube. She listens to the <laughs> Jenna and Ju- she listens to the Jenna and Julian podcast a lot, and she'll use it on my phone. So like that's where that's is where that, mine comes from. Is is that the most listened to podcast on your phone? It is. Honestly, wow! Just congratulations. Well, no, we'll sit there and fall asleep to it because, like, I'll listen to ours, like, going in a car somewhere, but, like, unless I have data, I can't stream podcasts. Well, that makes sense. So, yeah, there you go. I I thought this would be good. Uh, I wasn't sure whether RC was going to be in on this podcast, and it would have (laughs) been, as you know, from listening to other podcasts, he's a little opinionated about music and what's good and what's not, so... (laughs) But we'll we'll have to catch that up if we remember uh, whenever he gets back uh, from from taking a vacation here to uh, get back on the show, and we'll have to go through that because, as you can imagine, he wasn't really that impressed with uh, the kid even being the song of the year ahead of let's say Mudvayne's Dig was only number three. <laughs> That's hilarious, the Kittyman. That it's a good song. It's a good it's a good song. It's a quick song, like two or three verses. 85 seconds and you're done you're on to the next one it's a bop (laughs) it's a bop uh so yeah there you go um again code word covert 20 15 off raise energy uh if you're uh you're into that sort of thing again i had sour gummy worm can confirm it's a solid drink um but yeah if you don't have anything else i mean it's hard to believe it but Next time we're going to be doing a podcast is going to be a uh, next year. Got to throw in my dad joke for the uh, for the year, but it'll be oh my next I year. Like I feel like that's everybody's just cliche joke. We try to keep making more and try to keep making more, but it's like, no, nah, we'll see you next year. And it's just like, dude, it's like in two days away. Well, you know what? That's uh, that still doesn't change the fact the calendar's going to say it's a new year. <laughs> Oh, I know, but, like, there are so, and this is the funny part about it, is, I'm, like, if you can hear it, like, I'm walking around just because, like, my foot started falling asleep the way I was sitting in a chair, so I, I just need to walk around and put pressure on it, but, like, it's so funny just to listen to everybody say, oh, no, it's 2022, oh. and it's just like, oh. You know. It's like, don't, don't even start with that, please, we don't need another 2020. Just, just keep moving forward down the line, down the line, down the line. We uh, we try to be optimistic on this podcast and not talk a lot about COVID, <laughs> this, that, and the other thing. But I, I was talking to a couple of different people over the last week, and I, it's amazing to me. You go back to last year, 2020, absolute cluster of a year. The uh, optimism going into 2021 of, like, this is going to be the greatest year ever, this, that, and the other thing, versus where we're at now. You know, so 2022's a slightly better repeat of 2020. Now everybody's going into 2022 with the exact opposite expectation of like, oh yeah, 2022 is just going to be more of the same. And it's uh, it's interesting just how much that's flipped in the last year. I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're on the... It's got to turn around at some point. So why it's not gotta. 2022, right? I mean, obviously I'm not going to say like the calendar flips... And all of a sudden, everything's fine. But like at some point in 2022, wouldn't we be like, okay, something's going to happen? But a lot of people are 
A lot of people are punting on 2022 already, and we haven't even got there yet. I I just I really hope that it's that everybody's just freaking out over nothing because I I can't deal with another just bad year of this getting canceled, and this getting closed, and like just like let let us have a year, please, where we can just <laughs> like be happy, <laughs> just be happy as human beings, just all. I don't want to sing kumbaya and hold hands, but, like, at this point, I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I think, and again, okay, well, let's just say 2020, 2021 are both shot. You know, they both COVID this and all the things that we've all lived through. I don't need to highlight them because everybody knows already. But what about this? So, okay, let's say we get halfway through 2022 and then the rest of the decade's fine. Because we've, like, jam-packed enough stuff for an entire decade into two years. So what about the next seven and a half years? You just go, okay, everything's going to be fine. We're not going to have any sort of anything. I realize that this is, like, the most optimistic way of looking at it, but I'm with you. You can't have another year of just the the downtrodden negativity that's out there. So I guess we did turn it into a little bit of a – a positive optimistic of like, it's got to go. You got to, got to turn it around at some point. And well, Oh yeah. 2022 might be the year to get her done. I'm hoping it is. Cause if it's not, Oh boy, how <laughs> I'm not going to be a very happy camper. Well, you and everybody else. <laughs> it, it, oh, indeed. But it's just like, I, I, I will agree with you. It's like, yeah, 2022 can have a little bit of struggle, but, like, if it goes the entire year of well, just straight, I'm on a bus hitting potholes <laughs> the entire freaking time. Oh, you're falling, you've be been screaming. falling into craters for the last year and a half, so maybe <laughs> driving through potholes would be an improvement. <laughs> Probably, but still, it's like I'm going to end up with, like, a broken axle here, a flat tire <laughs> there. It's just like... Let me go through, and that doesn't mean if my car is listening outside, it does not need to do that tomorrow or the rest of this year or in 2020. I'm knocking on wood right the hell now. It does not need to do that. No, uh, it's not 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 hypothetical here. That's it is not an no invitation to break your shit. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't break your shit. Oh my uh, lord! But yeah, I mean, there you go. There's a, there's a moment for the 2021 podcast, right? Or the best of 2021 just at the end of the year <laughs> that's i mean we, we summed it up there i mean I, I appreciate all the listeners we have you know this is a podcast that's just getting started we're 22 episodes deep it's been i don't know say five months six months at it uh with a giant break in the middle um so but you know i mean we're we're here we're doing our thing uh we're gonna i my goal for this podcast is to find some more guests to bring on. We uh, were able to bring on a few guests uh, here in the early, early beginning building time of the podcast, but a lot of good things. And, you know, I mean, that raise energy thing, we've, we've, we're, we're slowly, figuring but, it out. we're slowly, but surely getting that down on lock. I mean, you've been the best of the three of us to remember to talk about it. Uh, so, I haven't had to do that the last two episodes. You've been on it, and you you've read my mind as I was about to say the one or the one or two times that you said it. Hey, get that code out there. You've just you've been on it, so I don't have to harp on you much anymore. Well, I mean, it's 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 a community it's a community effort here to get this out. As uh, 
Yeah, I mean, happy to have you back for season two. We'll have RC joining us, and uh, we'll see where it's going. I mean, we talked about it last time, and I haven't talked to RC about it for a little bit, but rumor has it there might be a YouTube thing coming, which, you know, at this point, you know, any expansion's good expansion. Uh, but, again, you can follow The Covert Show on Twitter, at The Covert Show, Facebook, The Covert Show. I think RC's got some updates over there you might want to check out. Uh, you can email us at The Covert Show or The Covert Show at gmail.com. All right, you got anything to add here in the final uh, episode of 2021? Nah, I'm, I'm excited for for season two and you know or for season two and for 2022 and you know what maybe next year i'll have wi-fi ah there you go that's that's one of those <laughs> fun cliche. ones somewhere in 2022 nick will get wi-fi we'll get him back on the old skype line i mean the phones have worked great knocking on wood again there because you know technology does what it wants sometimes but uh, with that, this has been episode number 22 of The Covert Show. Again, just starting season number two. Final episode of 2021. You're going to want to keep your eye out for a best of 2021. I know it's cliche. I know everybody else is doing it, but there's some moments you in this. It. There's some moments in this show we got to put together. Uh, uh, the, the episode with Damien. I that's going to take so long to cut because there's so many oh, different yeah. moments in that. Uh, there, there's been some moments, uh, through the first 22 for sure. All right. Again, you can find us Spotify and Podbean at the covert show. Once again, JC and Nick here for the covert show. This has been episode number 22. Thanks for listening.